Hello and welcome to another episode of the So Leadership Podcast. We're so grateful that you take a little bit of time to tune in each and every month. We release a new teaching podcast at the end of every month and we're crazy passionate here about seeing a generation of leaders being equipped to serve God faithfully and effectively in all that we do. And that is no more true than in our topic today. Today, what we're going to unpack is the topic of tackling tension, tackling tension. Now, the reality is in every sphere of life, whether it be in ministry, in our friends, family, at work, we're going to experience times of tension, times where we rub up against each other for various reasons. Now, many of us In reality, we we tend to want to avoid it. Tension is something we want to avoid, we want to run away from. But as leaders, it's important that we develop and grow in being able to address tension appropriately. Address it appropriately and in a timely manner. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to unpack this topic. We're going to look at what does it look like to do that? How can we tackle tension better? Now, before we get into it, I want to just clarify that the scope of today's podcast is going to really focus on tension that exists between people that serve together on the same leadership team. What that means is there might be things that are relevant to other areas of tension, maybe tension within your friendship circles, tension within your families. It might even relate to tension with people that you lead but are not serving with. So, for example, a president with a member of your ministry. Some of these principles, some of these tips will overflow. They will overlap and they may be helpful. But the scope of the podcast today is looking at tension between people serving together people serving together. Okay, so today what we're going to do is we're going to unpack three things. Firstly, we're going to look at the why. We want to be people that are always focused and remembering why. Why is it important to tackle tension? The second thing we're going to do is we're going to look at what's called an interest versus positional approach to resolving conflict and tension. And thirdly, we're going to look at having difficult conversations. So the first one is about the why. The last two, points two and three, will unpack a little bit more how we can deal and address conflict and tension better. Now, before we dive into it, I want to give one model scenario. I want to give a hypothetical that I want us to keep in our mind as we go through this content because we're going to keep coming back to this story. We're going to keep coming back to this situation to help us flesh out and understand the points we're going to discuss. Now, I want you to imagine a scenario like this. You have a president and a vice president. They've been serving together for six, seven, eight, nine months now, and there is a unsaid and unspoken tension that has grown between the two of them. If you ask the vice president, she might say something like, the tension is because he does everything on his own. The president makes all the decisions. He doesn't include us. He runs the show and it just feels like he doesn't lead us. He doesn't care about us. We are redundant. If you ask the president on the flip side, he might say something like, 
Well, my vice president is always late to meetings. She doesn't do her follow-up. She's always late to a weekly meeting. It just seems like she doesn't care, so I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I want you to keep that scenario in mind. It's something that has happened in the past. Um, I know I've seen versions of it for myself and in those around me. And I want us to keep that in mind as we go through this content, and we're going to flesh it out a little bit further. So let's dive in. Let's start with the why. Why is it important to address tension? Now, so often, I think the reality is we do everything we possibly can to avoid tension. And when tension comes up, we do even more to avoid dealing with it, to avoid addressing it. What I mean is so many of us, I think, find as many excuses as we can to not deal with the tension. In fact, we'll get to a point where we'll almost be exhausting all possible excuses before we're willing to actually tackle the problem. So, for example, sometimes we might say something like, you know what, it's August now. There's only two or three months left to go. Soon it'll be over, so there's no point dealing with it. Or we might say something like, look, it's been six, seven, eight, nine months now. I don't think the other person can change, so there's no point dealing with it. Or we might say something like, oh, I think this is just all in my head. Therefore, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to ignore it and not address it. Or on the flip side, we might say, look, the tension is all because of the other person. If they want to deal with it, if they want to fix what they've done, they can come address me. I'm not going to deal with it or initiate myself. Or lastly, a fifth example is we might simply say, look, there's tension, but it doesn't bother me because I don't really care and I'm able to blot it out of my mind. And so therefore, I'm not going to do anything about it. We find so many different excuses to avoid addressing tension, but I want to suggest to us today that it's important as leaders that we are proactive in addressing tension and conflict appropriately. Now, I say appropriately because addressing conflict and tension in and of itself isn't a fix-all. And the reason I say that is because I can raise my hand in saying, I'm someone that doesn't mind addressing hard conversations. I might come up with a couple of excuses here and there, but something... and something that I've learned and something you might resonate with if you're similar to me is that even though we might be quicker to, at- to address and tackle a situation involving tension, we don't often do it appropriately. I know for me, sometimes I run into the situation ready to win this battle and show the other person why they need to pull themselves together and I'm not really dealing with it appropriately. So I'm not saying that we should be doing something like that. So what we're talking about here is why we need to address it appropriately in the right manner, at the right time, with the right attitude and posture. And the reason why is quite simple. Tension that's left unresolved, unaddressed, can be a disease, can be like a a cancer or a tumor to a team and its unity and camaraderie. Tension can be disastrous. It can be a disease that infects the team and and robs it of a sense of unity and camaraderie. And the reason is because if tension is left unaddressed, generally it tends to grow. 
it tends to grow like a tumor, if I can put it that way. If left unaddressed, unattended to, it will grow. And when it grows, it no longer just affects the two people involved. It affects the rest of the team. And perhaps if it's left too long, it can affect the rest of the ministry or organization. Tension needs to be addressed. And on a more practical side, in a more experiential side, I'm sure many of you can acknowledge and recognize that at the very base of it, at least, nothing sucks the joy out of serving and being with a team than unresolved persistent tension. And so the reason why we want to address tension is so that we can continue to serve well together, to enjoy serving together to be united in the way we serve together and serve our God ultimately in ministry. And so we want to make sure we are addressing it. Now, one question I use to help myself think about something like this is the question, if I was serving with this person for an extra year, how would I respond? So if I knew that I wasn't my if I knew that my term was not going to be finished in 2 months time but rather I had another 14 months to go how would I deal with it it's a, it's a gateway question sometimes we can ask to help us get ourselves to a point where we want to address it because we're not willing to just sit back and let time pass and let it all wash over we want to address it in a healthy way Okay, so that's the why. Why is it important? Because it can destroy teamwork, unity, and joy if left unaddressed. But now let's dive into two points of application or two practical hows. How can we actually do it? The first point I want to talk about, the second point in our in our podcast, is this idea of an interest-based versus positional approach. Now, this is something that I'm still learning, something that I've learned uh, probably only in the last year and a half. And it comes straight out of my my studies in legal practice. It's something that um, in the legal field, there's a lot of discussion about when it comes to dispute resolution. And there's a lot of principles that we can draw out of that on a legal sphere that help us apply to this situation about dealing with conflict and tension within a team. So let me unpack it. There's two different approaches sometimes to resolving tension. One is an interest-based approach. The other is a positional-based. So often when we ask someone, why is there tension with you and that other person? The response is quite simply, he didn't do this. She didn't do that. They did do this and they shouldn't have. Or they said this and they shouldn't have. In our example from before, the president might say she is always late to meetings. She does not do follow-up. On the flip side, the vice president might say he never accepts my ideas in an exec meeting. So what we've got is two positions where if they came together to resolve it on that basis alone... We'll have a situation where one might say to the other, if only you did your follow-up, we wouldn't be in this position. If only you accepted my ideas more, we wouldn't be in this position. They are positional approaches. We come to the discussion table with hard positions. Now, the challenge with that is that often it's difficult to find middle ground between positions. 
And so we got to ask ourselves the question, is there another way? Is there a different approach? And that's where this idea of an interest-based approach comes from. Now, the interest-based approach doesn't say this is what the person did or doesn't do. It, it goes one level below. It goes, I guess you could say, to, to the heart of, of, the, of the issue. And what it says is this. What it says is, I'm going to try to understand why I am unhappy with my vice president coming late to a meeting. I'm going to try to understand why it hurts so much for my ideas to be rejected. Now, what we're trying to do here is really get to the bottom of the heart reason or the interests behind the position. So in this situation, for example, when we dig a little deeper, we might find that as a president, the real reason is that when, when my vice president is late to a meeting, when she doesn't do her follow-up, I, as a leader, as a president, I feel disrespected. Or it might be a case of, I feel like you're not living up to the standards of a leader and showing that leadership example, and so therefore, I'm not going to treat you as any different to someone else in, in the team. I'm not going to treat you with the kind of respect you might want as a vice president. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I'm saying that's potentially the heart behind the president's position. Alternatively, the vice president might feel, you know what, when you don't listen to my ideas, I feel like I'm not valued. I feel like I am just another number in the team where it doesn't matter what I think. It's all about what you think and I'm just another follower. What we're trying to do is get to the root issue, get to the reason why, what's the interests behind the positions or the, the views that each other have. Now, I'll give you an example. It's a bit of a, a funny example, funny story. But the story goes like this. There was, a, there was a mom who was in the house. She was doing some various chores and things that um, needed to be done around the house. And all of a sudden, she heard her two children fighting. Her two children fighting. Now, when she went to explore and investigate what was going on, she found that they were fighting over the last orange left in the house. There was no time to go to the shops and get more, so the mum had to decide, what do I do with this orange? And so we hear this, as the story goes, I should say, she says, look, you both want the orange, you're both fighting over it. So here, if you want the orange, I'm going to cut it in half and I'm going to give half to each of you. What is that? That's a positional approach. You both want the orange. Let's meet halfway. You get half an orange each. And so she does that and she walks away, but she then hears both children crying. They are sobbing and deeply upset. And so she walks over to them and says, why are you sad? You've got the orange. You've got the same amount of orange as the other person. And what she finds when she digs deeper is that one of her children needed one whole orange to make orange juice, whilst the other, the other child needed one whole orange skin or the skin around one whole orange for her arts and craft project. What's that? That's an interest-based approach, understanding why does each child want the orange. And so if she had done that, if the mum had taken the time to understand the why, the interest behind 
what was going on and the tension and the conflict that was ensuing, she would have found that she could have given one child one whole orange oranges worth of juice and still given the other child the skin that she needs for the project. That's what we're talking about here. That's the kind of example we got to think about when it comes to dealing with tension. We want to understand what are the interests at play that have led to this tension, that have led to certain behaviors. Now, to give you some other examples, just in a practical sense in ministry, we might find that we're frustrated because one of our leaders who is responsible for, for leading us isn't really around, isn't really present. Another example could be that the person that we, we lead or one of the team members that we lead just seem like they're not committed. They they don't want to come to meetings. They want to do other things. They seem like they are uncommitted. What we want to do is get down to the reasons why. Are there reasons why these, these things are happening? And this is something that should be happening for both ourselves and the other person. We want to understand our own interests, our own reasonings, our own deeper desires, as it were. And then we also want to try to understand the person that we are having tension with. What is their interest? What do they want? Because when we approach the situation with an interest-based approach, we're more likely to find the common ground we need to address the situation. I want to share this quote that comes from Gary Chapman. You may have heard of him. He's known for the five love languages, um, the, the one who really championed that idea. Listen, listen to what he says, and, and it's really profound, and it relates to what we're saying. He says this. He says, when people respond too quickly, they often respond to the wrong issue. Listening helps us focus on the heart of the conflict. When we listen, understand, and respect each other's ideas, we can then find a solution in which both of us are winners. In other words, when we respond too quickly, we respond to the the issue which seemingly is at the surface or at the root sometimes, and that, that issue might be he or she is not on time. He or she doesn't listen to my ideas. But when we listen and understand and respect the deeper values, the heart of the issue, we might understand that it's really about respect. It's really about feeling valued. And so there might be more middle ground that we can find where we can meet on those levels and we can say, hey, look, I do value you and I'm going to show it in this way, even if it doesn't mean I run every single decision by you. And it, on the flip side, I can respect you as my president, for example, even if I can't always live up to the expectations that we have, I can still show you respect and, and do so in, in ways that we can both understand. We're having an interest-based approach. So that's the interest-based versus positional approach. We want to try to approach a situation of tension by trying to understand the interests behind each person's view. Now, finally, let's talk briefly about conversation. Many of us know that conflict very rarely can be resolved without a conversation. And this requires both parties being willing to talk. Both parties. And that means that even if you feel like you've not done anything wrong, or even if you feel like it's completely the other person's fault, even if you're feeling okay with the tension because you're in a place where you don't really care... We want to be people that can, as leaders, come together and respect one another enough to be willing to talk, to be willing to work through the tension. 
And so we want to start when we come together by saying, hey, let's try to understand each other's positions or sorry, I should say each other's interests, not positions. Let's try to understand why this tension is arisen, why these things that were done, which are important and need to be addressed, let's try to find the heart reasons behind why those things were done, why those things were said. And so we want to come together and have a conversation and say, okay, how can we understand each other better? How can we share our interests and, and I guess the heart root issue better? Because once we do, then perhaps we can come to a better understanding. So going back to our example, when we come to the discussion table and the vice president says, you know what, I feel like I'm not really valued. I feel like I'm just another follower that's listening and following this president who does everything himself. The president might be able to understand that and say, okay, I might not be able to run every decision by you. But maybe some of those decisions that I have to make, I can personally message you and say, hey, this is why I'm making the decision. This is why and what's on my heart. This is why I think it's important. What do you think? Can we, can we go together? Do you support me on this? We can have an attitude of I'm going to try lead my vice president without being a, a dictator, as it were, because I want them to make sure that they feel like they are valued and know that they are valued. That's an example where we can understand the interest and what's behind the positions that people often take and then come together to find a solution. And finally, I just want to suggest as well that when we have this conversation, it doesn't have to be a one-time thing. So often we put a lot of emphasis, and I know I certainly have over the years, on resolving things in one conversation, where in that one hour, two hour space, we're going to flesh everything out, we're going to sort it all out, and then we're going to leave there on happy and great terms. And if we can do that, that's great, but don't be afraid to say, you know what, this is about opening a conversation. This is about us putting our interests on the table, and then we have some time to think about things before we come back and have another conversation. So long as there is a plan, so long as that we are not just having a conversation and leaving it, but we're intentionally continually moving towards addressing the tension. It's okay to take a couple of sessions or a bit of time to think and process and work through it and not have to solve everything together in one sitting. Okay, so what have we learned? So first, we've seen today that it's important that we address tension. It's important we address we address tension. Why? Because tension will rob us of joy, teamwork, and camaraderie if we don't. And so when we go about wanting to address it, we want to be people that take an interest-based approach, that want to understand where each other are coming from and the reasons behind the way they've been doing or saying things so that we can find middle ground. So that when we come together and have that conversation over one or two or three different occasions, we can work through and tackle this tension together. Friends, it's really difficult. It's hard. But I want to challenge you as leaders, if there is tension in your teams right now, maybe you think of something right now, I want to challenge you to really think deeply about this, to grow and challenge yourself as a leader to get out of the comfort zone, to go and to speak at the appropriate time, to do the preparation and then have the necessary conversations. Because when we do this, when we grow in this way, we will be that generation of leaders that are growing and being equipped to serve God faithfully in all that we do. 
Thank you for tuning in. For more episodes or information about SO, check out our website at so.org.au.